You're listening to the Sandstone Cycles podcast. Today we're going to be talking about business, bikes, mountain biking and dad life and a variety of other things. If you want any more information, you can reach out to sandstonecycles at gmail.com. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Ready to send it? So those of you guys just tuning in, thank you guys for listening. My name is Christopher Martinez. I own Sandstone Cycles in Farmington, New Mexico, and I'm joined with Jeremiah Hollis. Uh, Jeremiah, quick introduction. Yeah. Yeah, my name is Jeremiah Hollis. Um, I'm originally from Australia, and um, now I live in Farmington, New Mexico, and I'm a worship pastor at a church in town called Sagebrush Church, but I'm also um, an avid mountain bike um, rider, racer, and just yeah general outdoors person dude awesome thank you for doing this thank you for setting this up uh i'm not very good with the technical side jeremiah has a background in music and electronics audio what do you call that is that is there a different um, is that a different side of electronics that they have a name for production i guess production yeah okay. music production so um i've through playing music and editing music i've learned a lot about the production side of things too so yeah um it's coming handy so you have a few albums. Did you make those yourself? Like did all the editing and no, do all that? Definitely not. No, I, <laughs> I've paid professional people to do um, all my recordings and stuff. I, it's a total another world. You have to, yeah, really have um, the brains for that. And nice. I, I don't mind singing and playing and stuff and doing a small edits. But when it comes to the big stuff, man, I, I just leave that up to pros. To make it sound really good yeah. where you can hear the snare and the little bit of drum in the back perfectly at the right level. Yeah, perfectly yeah. balanced and, and everything like is yeah, crisp and where it needs to be. And I mean, there's just amazing things they can do with editing software these days. Oh, it's so cool, man. All right. Well, this is kind of like the third rendition. I don't know if that's the name of this podcast. Started off back in like 2016, me, Tyler Townsend, learning to race, just getting our feet wet with mountain biking. And the idea back then was just kind of like figuring out, sharing with people all the mistakes we're making, all the things we're learning. And we thought maybe we can help some people um, kind of come along that ride with us. Um, as time went on, obviously we had kids and it got weird. Like it just kind of got busy. We didn't hit every round. It was hard for us to get together. And so that kind of faded into me going out and trying to find interviews, which I really loved. And so I was just like, who in our local area could I interview? And I was lucky through racing to make some cool connections with people. Like still, I listen back to some of my favorite interviews with like Todd Wells, uh, Dustin Carlson with Technology. I still think that was such a good interview. He's such a cool guy. And another guy I'd like to circle back with and catch up because of when I interviewed him to what he's done now is just yeah, sure. unreal, like unreal. Yeah. So proud of him. Um, so it went to me interviewing people to now. And then that kind of faded because I was so busy with running a bike shop and trying to grow that. And then me and my wife having more kids that it just kind of like turned into really hard to find time to do that. And so now coming to this, I was like, life's kind of calming down. I met you. You have this kind of connection where you can do it and you can help me. Cause that's, that's half the battle dude is like editing, recording and, and splicing and uploading. And, 
And so to have someone like you, a friend who loves bike riding, supports the bike shop, easy for us to connect, easy for us to, to do this. It's like, let's just talk about like what's going on, you know? Yeah. It's, and then I think that, and so I appreciate you for doing this, reaching out to me because this is kind of your idea to say like, Hey man, let's uh, try to fire that thing back up and see where we can go because it's such a special time in our area with trail building uh, here in the city of Farmington, uh, bikes after COVID have kind of grown. And I feel like obviously that bike sales kind of went away, but it did kind of make the bike scene a little more popular in our area. Um, and then just bikes in general, man, e-bikes and the technology of bikes and racing in America. And it's just, it's just crazy. Mountain biking is really starting to grow in popularity and I feel like it's kind of sustaining and we're kind of hiring people in our local governments yep. to, to be in these permanent positions of trail builders and trail organizations where, um, people living here are actually making a salary building and maintaining trails, uh, you know, which, which Farmington, New Mexico just did recently in the last couple of months. And so it's an exciting time to sit down and talk about mountain bikes and yeah, see what the sure, heck's man. going on and re-catch up. So. Sorry, it went a little long there. But. No, that's that's all right. Yeah, as you yeah. said, like mountain biking has just grown a lot around here. And it's also um, the last time I was in Australia as well, um, just everybody was on bikes. And that wasn't the case um, when I was growing up. Like a few people had mountain bikes and like there was, you know, the elites and stuff as well. Like you got Jared Graves and Sam Hill, like those, you know, those kind of guys like, you know, were on bikes all the time. But as far as just like the everyday person having a mountain bike, now like this last time i went over there about six months ago just so common and it's really cool just to see it i, th I think it's actually a global um thing mm -hmm. um may maybe it's with people following like uci things and getting into it maybe it was covid maybe we can just thank maybe or is that the right word or, or blame i don't know thank or blame covid yeah. for the growth of mountain biking because yeah. people all over the world were shut in and then suddenly it's just like governments were saying well you can do this if you're exercising and it's like okay i'm gonna get a bike yep and so yeah. i mean hey maybe it was a blessing for the the biking community and the bike shop community yeah yeah it's been wild dude i've i it's crazy just to look back and um to see the growth and um yeah i freak out all the time but yeah did you have any what do you ask what, what should we move on to you got questions for me and you want me to yeah i mean I, I guess if people I, we, we probably should have taken some notes but it's better right. to just kind of shoot from the hip if sometimes. people if people are hearing like you know tuning in for the first time kind of thing and they've never heard um you know how sandstone got started um without going like you know super in depth um just just give us like a little timeline of 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 how sandstone got started where you are now and what's the maybe you know future look like okay Okay, this I know is gonna be a hard. Lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot, but it's I can probably make it brief. So, 2020. Well, we'll go back to 2016. 2016 is whenever I got into mountain biking. 2017, I kind of started working out of my house in my truck, doing mobile repairs and kind of helping friends and kind of people close to me work on their bikes. And I learned that from starting to race mountain bikes. Um, and then that comes from my technical background, going to MMI, which is Motorcycle Mechanics Institute in farming or in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So I went there. So I have a technical degree in like motorcycles, like Suzuki, Yamaha, Honda, like 18, you know, and so the, the, the work side, as far as knowing suspension, 
knowing just how to torque stuff and wash stuff and just kind of how the bike and that I caught on really quick how to bleed brakes and adjust drive chains like it it, it, it caught on real quick and so I was it was kind of my own bike mechanic and then I was like well I can kind of work on bikes so then that moved into while I was racing and still working a full-time job I was working on other people's bikes and then in 2019, I was fired from my job, which, which was great. You always say that and it sounds terrible, but it, it, it was a great thing for me, you know, and I probably wasn't the best employee either to be <laughs> honest. You know what I mean? You got to take some ownership where you can and where you should. And so, you know, that was, that was almost like a blessing to, to take the next step to starting my own bike shop. Um, and there's a whole nother side of another business that helped play a role in that too. But I don't want to go down that because then this is yeah. super long. <laughs> we'll just stay on the bike shop topic. Um, a few things happened. Uh, so I started my bike shop in Bloomfield, New Mexico. And a neighboring bike shop had just shut down. And so that kind of helped me. And this was February of 2020. So with, with them closing their doors and me opening a new bike shop, like literally like a week apart, and then COVID happening. So this is February 2020 again. Yeah, that's like the, the peak. Dude, yeah. And so yeah. this other company that I was working with, working on, uh, which I still own today, that's where I learned like the organization of business, how, how things should be filed, how invoicing works, how quoting. And like, it's a little bit more in depth, that business. So just knowing that I could buy a point of sale, like a register that kind of kept track of work orders and everything made it really easy to kind of run a bike shop. So I went into the bike shop by myself, worked for a while. And then 2020 happened, COVID happened and things just got crazy. So like literally overnight, I was just like buying bikes and selling bikes and working on bikes and then hiring employees to help me part-time people. And it just grew and fest like festered really fast, too fast, way too fast. And then I tried taking on more and made a lot of mistakes, you know, to like taking more than I could chew. So I learned really hard, really quickly, like kind of what not to do. And, uh, and really realistically, like it's still, it's, I'm only now like recovering from those mistakes. You know what I mean? But I, I really can't thank the community and friends and family enough to have like helped me and supported me, um, to where I can come out of the other side of those mistakes still kind of with my head above water, yep, you yep. know? And so it's, it's a huge thanks to our community and our customers and, and friends and family who have, who have kind of had my back through all that. But, uh, let me see it. Jump back on. Where did I leave off? So, um, so you're in, you're in Bloomfield and you're kind of I'm just bit off a bit more than you can chew. What, ha what happens after Bloomfield? Yeah. So after Bloomfield, well, I won't go into the mistakes and the people, cause I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus and like, you know, you know, we, we ended up, I ended up wanting to be a Trek dealer. Uh, that was my main goal. Trek retailer. I love Trek bikes. I love the dealer support. Um, we already had a giant dealer in, in town, so I couldn't really do that. We didn't have a Trek retailer at the time. And I said, man, if I'm going to give this retail thing a go, I think I need a brand like Trek in my shop. And Trek said they'll only work with me if I came to Farmington. So that's how I made the move to Farmington. Ended up, the shop was doing really good in Bloomfield which eventually moved to Astic. So we kind of left it on that side and just started fresh with a kind of like a Trek store kind of thing. And that's how I got to Farmington. And then things started going really good in Farmington. So we kind of got rid of the Astic store. Um, 
you know, not, I don't want to go too much into that, but <laughs> we got, but I'm, I'm glad we did. I'm glad the ASIC store didn't work out because the farms and store really worked out. We we're able to get everybody under one roof. It was easier to manage, easier to watch things. And uh farms is just a bigger area. So it's just like a little bit easier to do retail here. So I was really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I don't, Let's see where am I? I'm going off topic. I'm forgetting some stuff. No, you're fine. How, so Farmington, you're you're right across the road from the San Juan College, and you're super close to uh, the Kinsey Trail System and Anasazi and the College Trail Systems. How how's that? Um, how's that really helped um, being in that location? Amazing. Yeah, it's I couldn't really ask for a better spot. I I initially wanted to get where there's more traffic flow because where we're at there's not a ton of traffic flow it's kind of hard for people to see us but we really want to get mountain bikers right like i mean i get it you gotta reach out to the mass population but that was really only during covid i felt like where you had a lot of new people coming in yep where i feel like the people that i want to come into my bike shop and who aren't like shocked at seeing a six thousand seven thousand dollar price tag on a bike like those are the people that are seeing my shop and they know where it's at yep. because like you said, it's literally across the street is a bike park and then down the road is another bike park where they're about to build another bike park and then pretty much all of our trails are around that foothills area. So yeah, in my opinion, dude, we're just in the perfect place. Uh, didn't I didn't really plan that because none of that stuff was really being put in. I had already been in my spot for about a half a year before they even built the East Glade bike park. I think yep. the one yep. up at the top of the hills, the college that's whenever farmers like their San Juan trails and fast was just kind of getting started on that. Yep. Um, so to see like how it like grew so quickly and uh, yeah, we're just in the perfect spot. Now I have zero plans of moving dude. There's nowhere I can think of that. I would want to go like there's one spot. I'm not going to lie. There's one spot in Farmington I would move to, but it wouldn't be worth it. The, the, I'm done moving, dude. It's so much yeah. work. Every time oh. you move a location, it's like one, people got to refigure out how to connect with you, where to find you. But two, just the workload of trying to keep up with the day to day and build another location and build new workstations and all that and put up slat wall. It's a lot. Yeah. Signing well, new leases and yep. hooking up internet and a phone line. It's just, I'm so sorry I put my wife through all that, dude. Jeez. Because <laughs> she, she's the reason our shop succeeds. Okay. My wife is the back end, yeah. and she pays all of her debts. Yeah. She's a phenomenal. Every, every business has to have one. Has to, dude. Because my business would fail very, very quickly without her. Very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that then. So how, um, how is it having a mountain bike shop, a wife, three kids another business and still getting finding time to go for a ride go for a run and you know you've you've mentioned you know motorbikes and four-wheelers like how does how do you find time to to do all that and how do you still like um, have a good relationship with your wife obviously yeah and, and with your kids too how do, how do you how do you keep all that going man that's a great question so what do they say keep the most important things the most important things and that's kind of what you got to address every day like and that's how i address every day is i keep the most important things the most important things and the most important thing for me is being a father i get one chance to raise my kids that's it so any 
time that I get away from the business, um, another huge perk of being self-employed is I can kind of sneak out kind of whenever, not, not to say I do that, but if my kid has something going on, I can be there. Yeah. You know, it's not, nothing's going to happen too terribly when I'm away that I can't go to a, an event for my kid or take a vacation or be there for his birthday party or something. You know, I'm not missing any super important things. Um, but yeah, I think just staying hungry, loving what you do is a huge component of it. And, uh, just creating new habits, dude. That's what I've had to do. That's, and that's been the biggest challenge is, and, and that's another thing my wife helps me with, uh, cause she's kind of the smarter one out of the two of us as far as like she reads books and takes care of herself and eats well where I'm just flying everywhere, grabbing a cup of coffee at a gas station, eating burritos on the fly. And it's just like, it's not super healthy, but she's able to keep, it's that balance dude, where she's able to be like, Hey, try this, do this. I read this, you know, I, we have a massage appointment on this day. You know, you have a dentist appointment on this yep, day. Yep. Like I basically just have to like show up places <laughs> and uh, cause if it wasn't for that, I would not take care of myself. Yep. So no, I, and I think it's important yeah. that, um, in, in relationships like, and you see it so often, like marriages that are good, healthy marriages that work, it's often, um, yeah, the couples like balance each other and you're not going to be the exact same as your wife and your wife's not the, being the exact same as you because like that would be terrible like you just be button heads all the time it's like I, I i don't technically believe in like i guess the whole adage of opposites attract like it's not always like that clear cut mm-hmm. but i all i do like believe and i've seen it just so often that like um each like person in a marriage like has different qualities that complement each other and it's just like they build upon one another and so i mean as you said like you couldn't do what you're doing without your wife and i i know i couldn't you know do what i'm doing without my wife's support as well yeah 100 percent right dude it's it's weird to think about like the strengths that each person has because it's my wife says the same thing about me she's like you there's no way I could do what you do. You talk to people so well, you're not scared to take risk. You're always looking at the kind of like the, the, the high side, you know, like you're, I'm always looking at what's working and what's going to work and always positive. And she's always looking at the other side of like, what's not working and kind of always thinking of like the worst, you know what I mean? And so we're, we're always able to talk to each other, but just like little things like taking care of kids, like, I'm really not good at that, dude. Like, I'm not wired for it. I love my kids. But being around a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old for, like, too long is really hard. Well, you still have hair, <laughs> so, I mean, you must be going <laughs> right. <laughs> but the fact that a wife, my wife, your wife, and many wives out there, they're just superheroes. The fact that they could do that day in and day out um, is, is really really cool and really helpful because uh yeah dude it's it's crazy but she's even wired in different ways as far as like finances go yep i kind of get it but i'm not savvy i'm not i use the word lazy but maybe that's not it maybe it is it i procrastinate a lot that's a better way to put it so when it comes to paying bills and doing things it's like i really am not great at paying invoices and doing stuff like that where she it's really hard for a penny to get by her. Yep. Which I, I don't know how I always tell people 
when I explain Tawny to them is that she's like a Dave Ramsey who's never heard of Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Does yep. that make sense? She's yep, like, yep. she can just do it. Yep. It's like, it almost comes natural to her. Yep. Not that she has fun doing it, but she can just do it. Yep. Like stuff's always paid. It's just very natural. Very natural. Yep, yep. You know, and I'm not saying it's fun and she enjoys doing it, but the fact that she can, yep. I cannot do. Yeah. There's well, it no way. It doesn't stress her out as much as it would you and I, because I I've, think it stresses her. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it does. Well, cause I, I've run my own business before. And so like, yeah. like I've done all the, the financial things and stuff yeah. before. And that was probably my least favorite thing about running a business was like doing estimates and like making sure that I like, um, you know, paid this and included this. And then like, I'd like, I'd realize that I'd forgotten something. I shoot myself in the foot and I'm just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. man, like, yeah. And so it's like ha- having somebody who's a little bit better with the numbers, yeah. like is definitely a blessing. So uh, I, have, I have a funny question here. Like, and I think a lot of guys will relate to this cause I've seen, I've heard, heard plenty of guys talk about this and I've seen plenty of like memes and stuff created <laughs> about it. And, and and this there's no hard and fast rule here, but like how how do you approach going for a ride? Do you do you tell Ton that you're going for a ride, or do you ask Ton you're going for a ride? And and is that some something that you kind of have to like plan ahead in your mind of like, hey, like this is when I'm going to try and go because it's going to help. Mm-hmm. it's not going to hinder her do, do you know what i mean that's, it's <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. that i think it's that age-old question like I've, I've ridden with plenty of guys who like often actually have like this guilty look on their face like while we're riding and it's like dude like I just, i'm just not enjoying this because you know my, my wife you know yeah how, how do you handle that so this is it's cool you ask this because this is something that's we've worked on it's taken a couple of years man it's it's been a long road us working on this um because when a couple has like their first child, it's very new, very new to the woman, very new to the dad. Emotions are different. Lifestyles are changing. You're learning how to like navigate schedules and the time of the day and the kids getting in the way and like everything that you used to do or know, you really have to kind of disregard that and like kind of view life through a separate lens. And nobody teaches you that. You just have to have your first kid. So it's like, yeah, before our children, it was like me and Tawny, it was easy. We're always getting along. We kind of did our own thing. It was always fun. And then as you have your kids, you, you kind of do that. So we've been learning since that point how I can still do the things I do. Um, owning businesses does not help. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, I mean, how where we're at right now is – she tells me, leave me out of it because what was happening for a little while was I was, I w- it, I was getting, I was feeling guilty. I was feeling that guilt. I would go for a ride and I'm like, I'm like, man, I should be spending time with my kids. Tawny's mad. Like the dishes aren't done. Like I know the house is a mess. I know there's these other things I should be doing, but you have to have fi- like time for yourself. Right. And she understands that. And, but she can't help, um, getting upset, you know, like, excuse me, she can't help getting upset when I do go for a two hour bike ride, you know, or whatever, go out of town, say, I want to ride the whole enchilada with a friend or something. It's like, it's kind of, it's hard to leave like the one parent and especially in a marriage whenever it's like, 
there's so much to balance. There's like time with you, your wife, your kids, time with you and your wife, and then time for you and your wife to have your own time yep. away from each other. Yep. Right. So it's like, there's like these three things that are really hard to accomplish. And so when you go ride your bike, that that's included in your own time to do stuff. Yep. You just can't take advantage of it and do it too much. Yeah. Right. It's yep. like someone made the analogy to me one time. It's like spinning like basketballs on your fingers or plates or whatever. It's like you got one basketball on your foot spinning one basketball on your right hand spinning and then your left. And you know, you just got to like figure out how to keep them all spinning. Right. So you go and you spin this one for a while and then you got that one good. And then, as that slows down, you go spin the other one for a while and you just, you got to keep all these things spinning your relationship with your wife, your kids and everything. And, and what you want to do. Um, and so I, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm a lot less guilty, but her telling me, leave me out of it has really helped a lot. And that's kind of what she has learned too, is like, as long as I don't show him that emotion, show him that I'm upset and understand that that's his time to decompress yep things will be good so she doesn't say leave me out of it to be rude or mean yeah yeah she just knows like don't ask me just go ride your motorcycle yep and and i'll know you'll come back a better husband a better if you know a better father you'll you because she knows what i'm like when i don't get to do those things yeah it's like it gets so bottled up and uh it's kind of weird it's like i i i think but yeah, I do have too many. I will say I have too many hobbies. I think, I think, <laughs> and I don't know how that happened, dude. Just the fact that I race, like I kind of grew up riding and racing four wheelers. So I still love that. Yep. I still get so much joy out of riding my four wheeler, uh, dirt bikes dabbled in when I was younger. Now I'm back into motorcycles and I love racing them because it's a hard to find an excuse not to go race when there's races in your backyard. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, Tom was like, you know, it's just right there. <laughs> almost like it. So I do that and then uh and then mountain bike has just always been a huge part of my life for for a really long time since like 2012 yeah um but it's cool man it's it's a challenge it's not easy and, and i think it's just having a good partner that understands yeah and then also you doing everything in your power to help her yep you know and yep. um it's kind of weird like the way me and tawny live is like literally on sundays dude we get together on sunday and like plan out our week yeah, it's weird. It's like, this is what we're doing Monday. This is where I'm at these hours and Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth. And then we kind of plan vacations in between there. Um, so it, we make it work, but I, I don't know if a lot of like marriages are like that, where you got to sit down and schedule out a week. <laughs> no, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think, you, I think you're probably right. But I also, I also know if you like, if you have a busy week coming up um, and you, and you communicate like because and communication is key like it's a key mm-hmm. to life is what i believe Huge. um and um so if you if you communicate on the offset like um before it all happens then there's there's a, you know a little less room for surprise and like but i thought and i wanted to <laughs> like and you said it's like no we you know we already kind of mm-hmm. you know set out our plans and and um kind of hearing what you're saying i um remember my wife Rachel saying that um, in 2020. So what what I did was I had a bike, right? And um, I thought I'm going to sell this and I'm going to upgrade. And uh, so I sold my old Kona, 
and then suddenly like I, I didn't have the cash to upgrade yet uh-huh. and so it was just like this okay now i don't have a bike and all my friends are out there riding and like they'd be like hey you want to go for a ride i don't have a bike dude <laughs> and 2020 um i was working from home my whole job had been taken away like you can't mm-hmm. really lead worship when church isn't meeting yeah exactly. um and so it was just like this real struggle because i was like trying to fill hours and be productive with my job and I didn't have that release of going for a ride and just like blowing off some steam and just just it's so you know, get the, bl- the blood pumping it's, really yeah. and um, so Rachel's made that comment before it was just like um, like man I don't want to go back to that like um, I guess, time like when you didn't have a bike and you didn't have that to do because she's seen like that when you go for a ride like <laughs> suddenly like your whole day's better and Dude. your brain works better and it's it's amazing how that works but it's just it's gotta think, be a man like a Thing. i think so i don't know like, i think we, guys need the blood pumping and maybe yeah. like a bit of adrenaline going like because i find myself just if i can't do something i'm like watching fail videos on youtube or like documentaries like something show me some excitement like, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think um i mean ever since the creation you know of of man like um like you know guys back in the day used to go to war like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like then those things like gladiators and stuff yeah. like guys have always wanted some type of like exhilarating thing to do and now we have sports like people <laughs> people play football because they want to bash into each other it's and crazy, like dude. and run as fast as they can like yeah and then you know people like us love racing mountain bikes because it's like yeah. we want that rush of like going down the hill as fast as you can like dude it's weird yeah and it's still fun even though i'm not yeah it's weird it's just it's just that adrenaline it's just being out being in that time of trying not to make a mistake you know yeah as i get older i'm not trying to win anymore like i was back in the day um and it's still just as fun more fun it's yeah. like i'm still trying to get over that rock or hit that corner perfect yeah. or <laughs> yeah. do the best you can do yep. it's not about how fast you are or what yep. what position you come in or i don't even know where i finish and stuff i never look yep. at results these days i'm just like oh, i showed up did it and had a lot of fun and i go home you know and uh but it's just it's that that's what's what's fun yeah same I, as when i'm racing my dirt bike yeah. and stuff it's like i go i race and i go home i don't care how i did i just it's just being in that moment of hitting a jump or hitting yeah. a rut or doing something perfect and just yeah. having a blast while you're doing it is uh i think most of them, i probably do better now though than i used to yeah when i was worried about doing good <laughs> last week i i i raced in gloria new mexico and um yeah. my daughter ella is just really funny because she's always asking at races like dad when do you get your trophy and it's like i'm not probably probably not gonna get one like if i ever do she's gonna lose her mind but so so will i probably yeah <laughs> um but it's just like and people ask me like um like after the race like you know i'll get home whatever and it's like oh how'd your race go it's like i survived like yeah, i, I got hard. down i got down the trails like and like like you said dude it's like it's just small things like last week there was a couple of rock gardens that were just like throwing me like for a loop and it was like they they shouldn't be that technical but there was just like some awkwardly placed rocks Mm -hmm. and so on the actual day of the race like every time i made it through one of those gardens like without like coming undone i'm just like oh yes like that that's success you know what i mean like exactly or or hitting like a line that like i thought like was a bit too tricky and it's like you know what i'm just gonna go for it yeah and i hit that line and it's like it worked out and it's like yes yeah it's like and i the end of the day like i get down like the fourth stage and i'm just like 
scream because I'm just like, yeah. I, you know, I didn't win, but it's just like to to me, like it was success. Yeah, exactly. And man. it was fun, dude. It's so fun. Yeah, I was actually put a note to talk about Glorietta because uh, I know you just went there. I wanted I I don't even know how I haven't got to talk to you about it because I've been wanting to, ever since you got back. I'm like, damn, you talked to Jeremiah <laughs> about his race. And then uh, I kind of knew we were going to do this. I was like, I'll just, I'll ask him whenever we're doing this. But uh, how how was it? Like, yeah, I know you're kind of like me. Like, it, we don't get to train. Like, I mean, we could if we really wanted to. So to sit in a squatted position for 15 to 20 minutes pedaling is really hard when you're not in the gym doing squats yeah. and rows and jumping jacks and jump rope and yeah. lifting weights and doing the bike rides and the sprints on your bikes and the interval, all the stuff that it takes. Um, cause that's what I was doing back in like 2017, 2018. And it makes a huge difference. You feel oh, yeah, really good. Sure. Um, but right now, um, kind of like going back to a Bajo Enduro <laughs> felt pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> but with all that aside, um, like how'd you feel? Yeah. I, I know you don't train full time. Yeah. I, I felt good. <laughs> like, um, I, for probably like maybe six weeks leading up to this last race um maybe two three times a week i was getting some like half an hour to 40 minute rides in let's and like i i, I look at like pros like and what the ske- like their training schedules like and it's like here's my like piddly little training schedule and i was doing some sprints and like like <laughs> over in the college trails like there's this hill called cowboy up uh-huh. um and it's it's a long hill like i mean oh, i yeah, think i tough. think my pr is like maybe like just under three minutes but i mean so you're just going up this like switchback hill climbing probably like 800 feet and so i, I would do that and then i just bomb it down and while then you're do, out of breath bomb down while you're out yeah, of breath and then i yeah. do that again like and and so <laughs> and then i do some like quick sprints like just six six second like um interval sp- um sprints so that's that's like i guess the extent of training i got i got in but man, Glorietta, um, Revolution Enduro, super well run event. Shout out to those guys. Um, nice. really nice guys. Um, and, but the competition level was just next level. Um, <laughs> even so I, I entered into the amateur field. Um, I mean the open like yeah. was pretty much like stacked with guys who are sponsored, like they're full time oh, yeah. riders. Like they have like us titles under their belts. Like, <laughs> um, and so I was like, I, I'm just going to go in the amateur yeah. you know, um, class and man, even that, like I think we had like 42 riders or something and man, there were some fast dudes like from Colorado, Utah, there was people as far as um, Arkansas and Wyoming um, and yeah, yeah so the, just the the st- um, the caliber of rider was really um, awesome to see and, um, and I love enduro because uh, on the transfers and stuff, you get to meet oh, people. Dude you know chat it up you're at the top waiting for your turn to drop and you know everybody's just talking and um i felt like there was really no cockiness at all like everybody was like pretty um humble like you know there were some guys who said like that they want you know wanted to like hop in front because they wanted to go really fast or whatever and it's like okay dude like whatever whatever. like that's fine like if if you feel like Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna catch people that's fine um the trails themselves glorietta's um trail system was uh, so the trails that we raced on were originally built for the BME and I think BME has raced on them at least um, twice maybe 16 um, 2016 and 2018 mm. um, I could could be wrong but I think that's the, those are two years and yeah great great trails first stage was four miles um, lots of pedaling um, 
you know, a little bit of rocks, a little bit of roots, um, lots of dust actually. Like I got down to the bottom and I was chasing this guy like um, for like the last quarter of the race and I'm just eating his dust the whole time. I was like, ah. Can't really see the trail. <laughs> yeah, that good. yeah, that was, yeah. That, was, that was fun. And then the um, stage two, three, and four were all about one mile um, in length. S- stage two, dude, was, I think I texted you about this. Like I was, I was asking you about like, taking the spaces out and like raising my handlebars like is that gonna help me like oh, you know yeah. feel better on like st- i mean it was steep. just steep wow. it was a super um steep double d- double black diamond um i think it's called janker dh um wow. on on the maps and stuff but yeah it was it was fun and just to make it down that trail and like not like fully come out undone um that was success for me because it's like probably one of the steepest trails i've um ridden or raced on Mm -hmm. and trying to race on something that that steep like it's crazy it's it's hard um there's there's some good you know really good riders out there and stuff that just made it look like butter but yeah the overall experience dude was was really fun there was some features that i kind of want to go back and try and do um or or do better Mm -hmm. um but you know only having one practice run at each stage um you know kind of don't have time to really fiddle fight around yeah but yeah i think if i went back to those those trails in particular it's like man i want to hit some different lines i think after watching other people's videos it's like hey that line actually that that worked like Mm -hmm. i think i'd try that next time but i think that's just anything i always like i always come away from anything i used to play basketball and i'd come away from games like man like that was like an easy layup you should have made that or like how'd you miss that like um you know free throw or whatever like and same thing with mountain biking you come away from a race and you're like oh i, I should have pedaled harder mm-hmm. here i should have hit this line here that probably would have taken like you know or given me like a few more seconds yeah. or whatever but it's like you, you you can't dwell on it like you just have to do it enjoy it live learn and then look exactly. forward to the next one yeah you can't be hard on yourself man you can't go back and change the past well, it's not like um, I'm getting paid for it. So it's no, like- <laughs> dude. And when I, well, I tell people this a lot, cause I always ask like, how do you do that? How are you so good on a bike? You know, I'm right now I'm like super overweight and I still ride pretty good. And, uh, you have to like put your time in, you know, it's like, you don't, I, a best analogy I use, I tell people, man, you don't go down to the store and buy the most expensive pair of running shoes that, you know, $300 pair of shoes and expect to go run a marathon. Yeah. You know, it's the same people and bikes that I see. It's like, I want the best bike with the best stuff. And it's not going to make you do anything any different. Yeah. It, it's going to make you do stuff worse because now you can't, now you don't know what that bike's capable of as far as knowing how to adjust low speed, high speed compression and rebound. Now you got a fancy fork that you don't know anything about. So you got this really $10,000 bike that you don't really know how to adjust the stuff on it or how good the drivetrain is, but you skipped all these steps of, um, putting in your time you yep. know what i mean the, the best riders and i dude that's what i was really cool whenever i went and started racing enduro you know i used to do all the scott enduro cups and to see some of the like clapped out bikes and stuff that guys were doing really good on is super cool you know they're like on nx drivetrains and yep. aluminum frames and just a regular fox dps in the back without yep. a piggyback and they're putting in really good times and it's just because they they're calculated. They know how to get up and over tree roots and they got the finesse and they can corner. They know how to shift and when to shift. Yep. And all that stuff is like so important, man. And so just putting in that time, that's what I tell people. I'm like, man, 
just like going and running a marathon. Like you got to start running a 5k, then you got to do your sprints on Wednesday. Then you got to put your long run in. Then you got to have your recovery day where you just go for a walk and then do another long day maybe run up hills or do squats in the gym. Like there's all these, like there's a way to go run a marathon. Yeah. You know, and you just, you can't run a marathon like first day and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going like, to train for this. Like yeah. you blow yourself up. And, and so the same with bikes, it's yeah. like race a year. You know what I always do? I always love this. And I have, this is the first year in like six years I didn't go to Sedona. I usually go a week before the mountain bike festival to skip the crowds, but it's when the dirt and the weather is really good. It's like a week before the bike festival. The bike festival is great too. Don't get me wrong. If you haven't gone to the bike festival, go to the bike festival. It's sick. But I've been to the bike festival a couple of times. So I try to like skip the crowds. And so basically what I do is I go a week before the bike festival and I just go ride in Sedona. But Every year I go back, dude, I see so much progress. So like I always tell people, go somewhere that you don't go every day. Yep. And you'll see how good you're getting. You know what I mean? Like there's times I'll go ride Highline back in like whatever and go back the next year and be like, I can't believe I walked those sections. Yep. You know what I mean? Like the year in just one year, it's like I was walking stuff on Highline and now I'm riding Highline like it's just a regular trail. Like I'm just cruising down it like it's yep. a trail, dude. Making all the climbs and doing all the stuff and it's uh it's cool. That's a, a you know, where you ride the same trails every day, you don't really see your progress. And that's that's what I tell people. Now, I think that's a huge part of putting in your time. So going back to what you're saying about your enduro race, it's like, man, you do that race in 2 years from now, you'll be like, "Whoa." can't believe i was like afraid of those shoots or those rock gardens. you know it's like yep. they're not even rock gardens anymore yeah it's uh it's kind of cool to, yep. to to distance yourself from it and but that's what you got to do with everything dude yeah and learn i think don't be cocky yeah <laughs> there's always somebody faster dude better oh it's nice. for sure you gotta love the sport yep definitely how we doing how long have we Sweet. been talking I, I don't even know I think we're good. Like, um, <laughs> is there, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Dude, I don't think so. I think maybe, uh, we'll talk about some, some stuff next time. Hopefully we could do these every week, but it's up to you. Yeah. I, we'll I would we'll see how it goes. And I wanted to talk about the new film 8,600 with uh, Braden. Cause that's been a huge part of getting me remotivated for riding bikes. <laughs> so we'll talk about that next time yeah. and how it's like kind of impacted the way I live and how he's probably, I think that'll just be a classic movie that'll go down in history as like one of the coolest mountain bike films ever made. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we talked about that and we'll, we'll come up with some other stuff, but dude, this was fun. It was like, yeah, it went by really fast and it felt like. <laughs> for sure, man. Sweet. Well, thank um, you guys for listening. If people, do you want people to ask, if people want to ask questions? Yeah. Um, if somebody has a subject they want us to kind of talk about or um, ask questions, yeah, they can um, go ahead and reach out to probably like what Sandstone Instagram. Um, yeah, you like can that maybe. Yeah, everything's just at Sandstone Cycles, Facebook, Instagram. Go to our bike shop, sandstonecycles at gmail.com. Um, maybe just a subject line, just put podcast and I'll get back to you guys. But um, yeah, other than that, thanks for listening and that was fun. Sweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening to the Sandstone Cycles podcast. Remember, if you have any questions, you can email sandstonecycles at gmail.com. Ready to send it?